I was about to do this, and then I forgot about the birds. You got you got to open. You can't just sit in a hatchback with all the windows rolled up because you forgot to bring the keys out and do a podcast in a driveway. You have to open up these doors and let them hear the, uh, the suburban birds. Suburban birds. This is the Never Too Much podcast because Kelly couldn't get his column finished in time. He wrote it. You know, a lot of it was two weeks ago, last week, this week, last couple of days especially. All ready for the John Morant news. 25 games, if you haven't heard. Uh, you know, just not revealing too much. Just ready to slide it in. Uh, and I realized that I may have cut too much from everything. I made it boring. So now I'm going to have to push back it, back through that. <clears throat> so, you know, Saturday. Uh, but we wanted to podcast anyway. We do want to every day. Soon we will approach that. Maybe not every day. But with more frequency. I'm sitting. The the desk that I, I've been purchased. Genevieve swears that it's a good looking desk. And yeah, yeah, you know. It's that millennial gray that, that everyone puts in everything. But, uh, you know, in... It, it, Surrounded by my stuff, it'll look cooler and, uh, you know, hopefully like something out of Chris Stein and Debbie Harry's apartment. I, uh, move on Sunday. And, uh, moving on Sunday. I, uh, when I saw the desk for the first time, I, I said, hey, you ready to do some blogs? Because I, I say blogs when I like to self-deprecate. <clears throat> When it comes to the work I put into my columns, that column's gonna have to wait. But uh, let's delve into the rumor mill, which I typically abhor. But uh, when it gets rainy this time of year, I always think of the big uh, giant Tim Thomas, Anthony Parker, Jim Jackson, whomever else trade. Ninety-seven drafts. New Sixers logo, all weird black and gold. And, you know, as Ben Franklin uh, imagined when he nominated the turkey. Aren't turkeys black and gold, or am I just thinking about Trans Ams? Uh, it's fun, because it's I'm not spotting many uh, Blake Griffin situations. At least not so far. Uh, in terms of signing a big deal and being sent elsewhere. <clears throat> and uh, this year was a not a novelty year, but a parody year. And uh, usually when there's a there's an NBA season, they have one or two dynamite level three, maybe dynamite level four teams. This year there was only one consistently. Boston was there for a bit. Milwaukee was there for a bit. Only Denver all year. And uh, it's because, you know, there were a lot of, maybe those of you who play those season-to-season video games can maybe uh, explain it a little better than the professional writer. But the, uh, you know, it's just like an off year where certain parts aren't in the right place. And, yeah, that was the year before they did this. And, yeah, there's a lot of talent in this league as we watched, because nearly every team was good this season, and 
And, uh, you know, now we need to upend that and, and make more of that talent all on one or two or three teams. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I usually argue for consistency, but there are a lot of holes in a lot of teams, more so than you would usually see because there are a lot of veterans spread around. It's a very win-now league, and I'm not just talking about Arizona. So the Beal stuff delights me. I even mentioned it in the column that, what did I say, a week from Sunday? <clears throat> and uh, in Miami, he's going. he would be worth that contract. <laughs> I mean, Victor Oladipo doesn't get out of street clothes on any other team. But whatever they did to make him look like Oh yeah, but you can tell he's just I'm not to make I'm not making fun of him, but it's just that probably <coughs> was a miracle. And uh, I'm not saying Beal's gonna need that, but the man is a slick wit, and and not just for his uh, his uh, tunnel tirades, but uh, you know there's a lot that can happen in in an Eric Spolster offense with the king of the uh, uh, pump fake off the three-pointer, and now what's going to happen? Because you had to commit to that three-pointer because he'll take 12 of them a game and make 42% of them. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we'll all suss it out in the end in, in emails. Hopefully the people are cheap. There's no way we're still real. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm in some sort of forest bartending, maybe. So they have dishwasher jobs after after the apocalypse. Not so much the apocalypse, but just the uh, robots. Mostly robots is what I'm worried about. Uh, I'm delighted by any Zach. Levine rumors. I it's not his fault. It really isn't. Impossible situation in Minnesota. Had to give it all on one side of the ball and either in order to keep that team afloat. Had to run the team at point guard instead of playing off the ball. You know, it just wasn't ever gonna happen. Then he tore his ACL. Then the Bulls You know, we're not talking the year they played uh, Paul Zipser twice as much as Bobby Portis, even though they were the same age. Not that year, but a couple of years later, Levine shows up to that situation, which is somehow worse than spending all your draft capital on a 24-year-old rookie from a tiny conference. It's not that Levine had bad habits. It's just, he's just, wow. Imagine a career like that. I hope he is sent to a good team where he can play off the ball and show how good he can be defensively when he doesn't have to be. I mean, there's a lot of ways that Donovan defense made him have to turn him into a stopper. Sometimes they'd hide him and then sometimes just, uh, <clears throat> it's not his fault. And uh, he's making a huge contract that he uh, 
earns on most nights, but his knees are only going to get progressively worse, and they're, they are already bad. And he could not bend over down the stretch in 2022, and he had, and he had trouble crouching all bits and pieces of the season, and then he recovered and, be, and would, you know, turned into a, a second, third All-NBA sort of player in spots. But it's you, you got you got to get rid of those knees if you're the Bulls. So if any of those 7th or even 10th pick rumors are about Levine, holy cow, yes, I, I, I don't care. I, I don't care who it is. I don't care. I'm not after a certain prospect. There are probably prospects I'm not after. <clears throat> uh, but just replacing a ball dominator like Levine will open up... Oh, that's right. But a uh, uh, bloggable subscriber there is... Uh, you know, said what I was thinking, but they brought up Kobe White. It was tremendous. Uh, keep him as a third guard. There's just so many options when you when you get rid of someone who just sucks possessions like that on both ends. And sure, DeRozan does the same, but not in the same style and fitness. And uh... yeah, there's a lot of bounce. <clears throat> The idea that you have to put in a prospect inside these deals, you know, I hope general manners, managers don't push for it in ways that embarrass them later, especially when dealing with Dallas. You know, your Dennis Smith Jr. turns into your Jalen Hardy. I mean, we all enjoyed the Jalen Hardy nights. But picks are fine, and four teams are right. You know, Oklahoma City is desperate to deal for picks in 2042. Because like me, they are worried about scavenging in the future. We're, we're, we're buying a house in like an hour. If I seem a little uptight. which ties me to Lafayette, Indiana. A city I love. A city in good faith I've tried, but I would have preferred to buy a house somewhere else, but the newsletter didn't take off. And, uh, Genevieve's got to stay close to those clients. But, you know, we're hoping. It's a lot of land. Not going to name the state. You know where it is. Someday in the future. Birds and leaves and leaves, like green leaves. I want a tree on a beach. Not just sand forever and then a parking lot. I need trees and hills. And a beach and water you can drink. It, it's, it's obvious I'm moving to a place on Lake Huron. In my dreams... <clears throat> I tweeted about Jeff Buckley right before I hopped on here. Uh, I got to see him, and I knew what I was seeing. Like, knew every word of the record, knew when the air guitar on every lick that I thought I knew how to play, every chord I, you know, had already tried to figure out with a buddy of mine, Rob, who lived in Chicago, where the phone's backing, because he knew the Cohen version, how to play 
<clears throat> the chords in Hallelujah. And uh, just love the album Inside Out. And I wasn't going there to see him. Like, I, it was 1 and 1A. One I was going there to see Julianne Atfield, who I, whom I still listen to probably more than the Buckley album. Because I have to be in a certain uh, space for that album. Uh, lived in Ohio at the time, and uh, 97X was a thing. Every Sunday night, they play an album. And one of us who ever had a tape would tape it. Three or four of us. Mostly just two of us. And uh, John had the tape that Sunday, taped it, and he was like, I don't know how to describe it. It's just great. But it, it like, the, the, he knew not to drop, like, alternative Zeppelin because both of us could see, like, that's too duncy, even at that spot. Because that had been tried by, by boomer journalists and bunch of different fashion and then we'd listen to the bands and it'd be like oh they don't sound anything like that and they sound like white snake it, it just sounds like white snake uh well that doesn't sound anything like the stones that that we like it it's good we're gonna buy both these black crows albums but our, we're playing stones albums too our parents have the you just had to hear it, and it was a radio broadcast with uh, cracks and fizzles and sometimes going in and out of, uh, you know, you, you could hear it the whole time, but just enough dynamic sweep, because Oxford is was like 40 miles north of us. And, you know, the power, the WLW Tower, which was, you know, only a couple of miles away from where this is being taped, but it just, it, it, uh, it was a tremendous tape, it just, it just added to everything. And, um, yeah, fell in love with it. And then, uh, like, a, I don't know, a year later or something like that, uh, he's opening up for Juliana Hatfield. Holy cow. So, um, anything you find online with him is about, <clears throat> about the same. I can, uh, you know, still clear as day, remember a lot of it. Remember people being just, like, wet eyes. Uh, it's the only place in all ages called Bo Bogarts in Cincinnati. And I was 14. That's up, baby. How you doing? Uh, kick out the jams, motherfuckers. He did the MC5 song, which we were hip enough to know about. It was it was a good time. And uh, and Juliana Hatfield, uh, uh, you know, kicked his ass off the stage. If I'm honest, I mean. How how you how you determined whether or not a show swung back then? Sorry to say, was whether or not a pit developed, and uh, there was no mosh. And even during the the MC five, there may have been, but not to the extent where there were mosh pits forming and participated in uh, by by your uh, narrator during the Juliana Hatfield portion of the program, to which I also knew damn near every song, if not all of them. Touring behind the only everything album, which I few rock and roll albums from the 90s I listened to. Uh, hey, don't they? Or electric guitar, or you ever want to call it. <clears throat> so that, that, that was fun. Uh, saw Jeff Buckley, and uh, I think I found out he passed. No, it was a website dedicated. I'm just remembering No Depression, because it was one of like your four... No Depression was also a fanzine, and I believe 
I believe a fanzine, I'm sure. And no, it was a magazine. It was some, some older person can smart me on this. I remember it as a uh, website that I would go to all the freaking time, especially during the great Wilco Sunvolt Wars of 96, 96, the post 95. Don't recall it during that. That would have been that would have burned down your computer. Could you imagine a message board in that situation? There was no message board in this. Just a yellow backdrop because country and uh, updates on, on uh, where the boys were. <clears throat> and if I recall correctly, chords to uh, every Uncle Tupelo song, which was dynamite for your boy. Uh, I'm I'm happy for movement. I I'm 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 happy at the idea that the trade deadline has become a bit more of a uh, third deadline. It's taken over. We wrote about this a little bit. I don't know how much I'm going to keep in. It's taken over a bit from when training camp deals used to. We would kind of rely on them, like uh, you know, oh this quarterback's not working out. We have to. You know, that, now I know that's not a thing that football does, but it kind of was a thing. Or just these training camp, like, this isn't, this is not, no. And then they'd make a trade and everyone would be happy or unhappy. I read breaks of the game. So, uh, you know, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. I hope we don't get too, I'm sure, as they get more complicated and as we hope that 3 and 14 is get involved in every deal, because why shouldn't every team try to have every fan base happy something to get home excited about <clears throat> you know scrolling through Woj and you actually see your team's name you know that's a hit that's a hit you just see the name and then you got okay go recalibrate it's not the typical tweet could be anything could be anything just take it easy take a breath and just just don't move your thumb and and roll your eyes but no not that far back and just read read the tweet from the top could be any could be a second round pick for a sec. Just read it's tough. It's tough when you see Woj tweeting about your favorite team. Especially when your favorite team. Eh, not so much. Not so much. Um listen, Otto Porter was a game changer for a month. Ask ask Raptor fans. They saw him that afternoon. On a Sunday? Sunday afternoon, I bet. I should look that up. Was that the only time he could really play was the matinee games on Sunday this season? Hey, he's trying, and, and we shouldn't. Good for him for... Uh... It's okay. Plus, the NBA pays for half of that contract or something. Uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to that. Enjoy the parade, which has just turned into an excuse to day drink. <laughs> Excuse me. Which, uh, you know, I guess I should say trigger warning, but uh, as a, uh, uh, a sober for six plus years person from the booze, oh man, <laughs> do, do I miss the day drinking? Uh, it, 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 it was fun. It was fun. It was good. It was good. The f I also, you know, like I said, I noticed. Like Michael Malone stashing bottles of that Michelob Ultra, the magnums of Michelob Ultra, uh, in a uh, before the uh, well, there was no. We kept expecting them to like say a prayer or get in for the big speech, and then Malone was just like, "Hey, open bar. Uh, I don't know 
when they're gonna deliver. They're, we do. We definitely have Thai chicken skewers coming out. Not sure why I gave him that accent. Uh, Karen. It's either Karen or my rides here. And and no, I didn't do the Leota voice. I uh, I might listen to Live at Leeds later. I listen to Muddy Waters electrically. What else is in that? Oh, the memo from Turner. I just, it, it would seem like I'd be a Rye Cooter guy, right? I could just, right? And it's like, no, I got Stone Songs, sure. Uh, I guess, maybe. Don't really listen to Black and Blue. Uh, and you know, I, I, I appreciate the little, uh, village album more than I, I listen to it. I mean, tremendous band. I th I'm sure we've shared that clip of them on Carson <coughs> on the site. Uh, enjoy the parade. Enjoy the season. As, uh, the fellows at No Dunks mentioned, uh, uh, two very likable teams, only wish it would have gone longer. I, I absolutely miss bat watching basketball right now. Uh, absolutely miss it. Wish we were still around. Uh, complicate my move to my first house. D don't care. Can I deal more in rumors? I'm trying to squeeze more out. All I can think of that is that ShamWow guy now. I mean, it was pretty impressive. That was like a whole pie plate full of liquid, and that thing just, just took care of all of it. Uh, but sc scoring swingmen are so, they just don't have a real place these days. And to pay them the overwhelming amount of a team salary cap is, uh, you know, oof. So, yes, the wings are important, but the ones that aren't two-way are, are rough. And uh, you need to put Beal in a such Beal can still absolutely make himself worth every bit of that contract. Whatever team trades for him. It's already been flown, floated, tossed, tripled. We're holding them up. We're holding them up. <clears throat> You're not going to have the first out of the inning at home plate. Uh, but it's going to take a bit because he has a d d giant contract. Uh, but there are certain teams that can really make a player out of that contract. They really are out there. And... Uh, I hope it, it's an agreeable situation because I want to watch the best of Bradley Beal. I'm not aching for the Bradley Beal career arc to end in a championship or anything like that, but it would be really fun to watch someone with his, again, his his, his wit and his timing and his touch be put in a situation where he could get to do less as his career moved on, even as his career, <laughs> his contract makes more and more and more. I don't care about that stuff. 
NBA teams make trillions off of the work of players not on rookie scale contracts that they have no negotiating power on, save for a couple of percentage points up or down past the this and that. They have no say in where they go. <clears throat> and if they try it, they're still treated to, to documentaries about ruining the team 25 years later. Looking out for Steve Francis. Man, they already had Bibby. You want to do the best with your pick? Fine. Trade down ahead. Hornets didn't trade for Baron Davis. They moved up. They got lucky. Uh, <clears throat> I hope it's all agreeable. I cannot wait for the Zach Levine thing to become a non-story because the Bulls turned into something successful. Kelly's first priority. Uh, but also because he, he goes somewhere where he can play off the ball, where he can pick and choose, where you can finally take a breath and notice a play and a rhythm developing and take a possession and a half off to LeBron it and then come back in. And something where it sets him up where he just does not have to do so much to where he can become a capable defender. Not so much because of the players around him, because, because he has to do less, do fewer things. Is Dallas that option? It would seem... T it, it, it scares me in a LeBron alongside Larry Hughes sort of way. <clears throat> Zach Levine is an all-star player. He's not where Larry Hughes was, and I had great hope and expectation for Larry Hughes coming off that Washington run. But they are awfully similar. That's not even considering Irving and his place in any of that. So, so I don't know. Uh, it, it. I hope it turns out. I got to meet Black Unasses in the same way I got to kind of meet all the just say hi to him after a show once of uh, Urge Overkill. I'm a great Urge Overkill fan. I listened to their last two albums, their major label albums, a great deal. And songs off certain songs off their other albums, which are fun and groovy to listen to in a car. And some of the early sort of uh, country-ish posing, and I'm not talking about Jack White in this discussion, kind of anticipated a lot of the stuff that was around, you know, 2002 to 8, you know, all throughout the Bangs era. And then the major label albums, I think, are out of sight. I, I really do think you should look into Exit the Dragon with the same ferocity that you uh, reflect upon saturation. I know Nash Cato isn't singing every song. Uh, but if you listen to the other albums, you'd be ready for that. And uh, Blackie himself, uh, man, he wrote two songs which are just you know, it's tough not to read them as uh, as detailing his own way out of the band. Between the dropout and the mistake, the mistake is 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 brutal. The mistake is brutal. And then uh, it was during that tour, during that last. We we're supposed to see Guided by Voices that night too, <clears throat> and we didn't. 
Sorry, hipsters. And I'm happy, sorry, hipsters, because the opening act, sorry, hipsters, I like way better than Guided by... Now, I know I'm not supposed to like any band more than Guided by Voices. Uh, but we saw Geraldine Fibbers instead, and I'm not with Nels Klein, uh, but with someone else doing Nels Klein stuff. I think it was without Nels Klein, I'm not sure. But I was well aware of Nels Klein at the time, uh, due to his presence on the Mike Watt album that came out a year before. Uh... I, you know, liner notes. You've got nothing to look at. Just stare at a tape cassette liner note all day. The uh, the mistake is crushing. The whole album is is Eggs of the Dragon is uh, just it's I just complained about people dragging the stones in, but in an exile sort of way. Listen to it. Listen to it again. Decide that, oh, it's just right where I left it 30 years ago. I didn't really care for much. Then listen to it like a week later. When you kind of remember the songs because they didn't really hook the first times. And then you hear that bridge come in. Or you hear that medley, whatever, two songs. It's it's a good album. And Blackie Onassis was a straight Chicago dude. I googled it. To see if it was just, you know, it's just one of those things where you just assume it's been around forever, but maybe it hasn't. One time I saw a Blackie Onassis take a swig from a bottle of champagne, because that was Urge Overkill's whole thing, is that they were the anti-grungies, and God bless them, we loved them for it. And they anticipated the whole crushed velvet fashion thing that happened between 94 and, and, and 99. Up until the Matrix hit and everyone turned in their Fight Club jackets for their fucking pleather. Pardon my language. And he's taken, he takes a swig from this bottle of champagne and he goes, Ah, that's not sure champagne. That's Urbana. Let me say that again without messing up the word champagne. That's not champagne. That's Urbana. Ah, it was so funny. I just assumed he'd heard it from his uncle, but like, when is he ever going to hear his uncle saying, you know, drinking champagne? Oh, it was so funny. So good. Black Onassis. Happy you're still with us, Jimmy Chamberlain. Seriously, man, I think a lot of those Chicago guys just got to like 94, 95 and did not think that they'd make it past nine the summer of 92. And for good reason. Uh, and just partied like it. Thinking they can handle it. Chicago guys can handle most everything. So I, I don't know what Blackie Onassis has been up to. Because he got busted and left the band like a month after I met him or whatever. And it was it was Eddie that looked worse for wear that night. Honest. And it's Cincinnati. Night after the Bulls lost to the Magic without Shaq. Penny Hardaway taking over. I can't remember if Rodman was back, but I think Rodman was back for that game. I can't recall. It doesn't matter. So we'll fun it up when we get some more details next week. <clears throat> Sitting at the desk at the new place. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to have a time with, with 
either all these trades or all the stuff that is not happening. Buyouts that aren't settled. <clears throat> next week, next Friday especially, is going to be a trip. Tell your friends, alarm your enemies. Subscribe to the second arrangement. It's good stuff. I only have 292 subscribers, paid subscribers. Um, that's not enough to make a living on. Oof, do the math. So, uh, music selection, suggestion, uh, hitting up Poppinez a lot recently, uh, hitting up the two albums, uh, Blackbirds a lot, and, uh, the two albums that are before Light of Worlds, uh, just one of those things on the shuffle where you just hit play the rest of this album, please. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, the birds. Mostly just birds chirping. <clears throat> it's cool like this. The day of the Bulls won their last title. It was. We went to Wrigley the next day. See Sammy sock three home runs. See Sammy demolish three home runs. Not a Cubs fan, but you got to get in on that, right? When Jordan bought the uh, Bobcats, I don't know who it was, but it was a big-time Chicago uh, sports radio guy. I know this because I listened to it on the way back home from, I believe, either working out financing or picking out a, an engagement ring. And uh, shout-out to Trey for letting me have the afternoon off. And uh, came home listening to someone reading my column word for word out loud and, and and be nice enough to just every paragraph go everyone go over to Baldo my blog sports Kelly do I know about this I think it was in ESPN I can't remember what I don't listen to <clears throat> a lot of sports talk radio and uh, you know he didn't turn out to be that way I was worried he was gonna be meddlesome beyond uh, uh, repair in terms of legacy. Uh, and instead, he just sort of was a cheap NBA owner. But yeah, it was embarrassing that he was on the bench a couple of times, but you know, if Paul Newman would have ever bought an NBA team, we'd be like, oh, it's Paul Newman. Yeah, he owns a team. It's Paul Newman. I get it. Hypocritical. Jerry Krause not allowed in the bathroom, on the bus, whatever. Michael Jordan. Right? They had to argue that don't change the logo to look like his brand logo 25 years ago. Like, there had to be good faith Davidson going, no. And we're not going to retire his number across the league because... Because I just suspended him for gambling. People don't know about that 98 thing. Cigar cutter my ass. Uh, yeah, he was a uh, not a good GM. 
And uh, as Barkley, I mean, when you turn Charles Barkley into the most astute and to the point sports pundit of his time, he's done a poor job. And uh, I saw it in 2002. North Carolina was embarrassed by George Shin, like embarrassed. Like this was still like clutch pearls in a in a legitimate way. That he had he had been on court TV every day, <clears throat> detailing his infidelities, his his not cool in a, a, a in a position of power at an, at a business infidelities. And yet, two thousand two hit, and a one hit, really. No, it was 01, I believe, when they put the, uh, yeah, the headband on everything. Uh, and those people trudged out to an arena in the middle of nowhere that was not by anything and had no charm and filled up that place and rooted for a team that was going to go to Kansas City, that was going to go to Memphis, that was going to go to New Orleans, that was going to go to St. Louis, that was going to go to suburban Chicago, was talked about with Heisley and others. Uh, All manner of places, all year long, and they're riding behind like, oh, Derek Coleman's finally in shape. But they're cheering for it because they freaking love NBA basketball down there. And they're ready to do it. And all the good times that we see in those Atlanta buildings, you know, that should be there in Charlotte. That should be a fun time. That should be a southern time. Just a party. You know, New Orleans has that too, where it's just this is, you're going to hear people talking in between possessions. You're going to hear chatter. There's going to, it's just like a thing. And, uh, you know, some grand old Opry stuff. And, uh, yeah, need more of that in Charlotte. You, you don't need LaMelo Ball for that. You have Charlotte. You have North Carolina. You have that space. You have those people. Uh, but you also have the mellow ball. Uh, so let's please outfit him with a staff that can Steph Curry eyes his ankles uh, before his knees start to take the brunt of all that wobbly infrastructure down below. And as for Jordan, uh, you know, I don't know what he thought would happen. Did he just find it too tough to move and give up? Can't turn down $3 billion. But also, he's never going to get anything close to that measure of personnel. Oh, steam. But, you know, welcome back to Illinois. 
we're still absolutely going to let you drive on the side of the highways. And, uh, Again, Jokic, it's off to the left side of the screen, okay? And he picks up the bottle, and he shakes it up real hard. Not in the ha-ha thing that we all said. Like, Sue, you see him in the in the, in the the famous shot of him. He's facing the screen kind of, you know, like in a three-quarter sense. Okay, now pretend he sort of evens out, okay? So pretend you're just looking at his profile, and he just moves, you know, sidestep like he's at practice, leg over leg to his left, okay, so he's beyond, he's at to the left side of that table, so there's no table in front of him, we're all familiar with the table, and he shakes the, the ever-loving you-know-what out of it, I'll say it, junk, shakes it heartily, several times, several times, and then stops, and then starts to get in a position where he's either going to shake it again, or maybe start to, I don't know what it is, but it just spills, it's just one, two, three, four revolutions right out of his hand, like he was Will Purdue. Okay? And I can't be bothered to pull out my phone. I'm enjoying myself. The season just ended. This, this, is a, this is one of the things I enjoy most. It's just, no, come on. Assuming that everyone else saw it. Even tweeted about it to make sure, you know, there's some high-profile follows out there, people. There's still a few people clinging on to the old social media. It's Cowbell. So I'm going to get those Dave Sanborn posts. All right, so I think I'm going to have to uh, go put my business cutoffs on in order to buy this house. Uh, please tell your friends, this summer's going to be hilarious. It's going to be a million things down the pipeline. It's me writing about the NBA. Uh, and uh, unbothered for the first time in my life. Will I be a dull boy? I doubt it. Watch that movie at a cop bar. 6 a.m. cop bar. On silent. Just staring straight ahead. Waiting for my Doobie Brothers songs to come on the jukebox. It's in Roscoe. It's basically Belmont Western. I don't think it's there anymore. Really? All right, cats. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk soon.